Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. This is a very exciting episode. We of course have a movie that we've waited a very long time to see. Uh, another, little another Fright Fest uh, little uh, hit, wasn't it? Um, of course the movie is One Cut of the Dead. Um talked about it in the news a few weeks ago where it kind of leaked on amazon and that whole messy situation <laughs> um but it is now finally out it does exist we we, we had the blu-ray in our hands um, yeah i don't i still don't really believe that i've got the blu-ray set on my shelf <laughs> and uh yeah we've seen it so it's very exciting to talk about um of course we teased it last week as well but we have also had resident evil 2 in our hands which is even yeah, more bizarre yeah um so yeah we'll, we'll try and get to that at the end of the show but there is a lot to get through uh, as always we start with the news and whew, this week let me tell you we're you're in for a treat um news podcast so, yeah some, sometimes when i'm like i have like free items and i'm like <clears throat> on a on a busy week i'd cut all three of these whereas you know yeah. we've got a lot you're of like, stuff here uh, you're like oh rob zombie tweeted a picture <laughs> of um, him on the set of devil's rejects so yeah he you said know, uh, the finished. finished we're not complete <laughs> um that whole thing was brilliant. Um, yeah, that was but great. no, all of this stuff is actual legit news. So I'm just going to kind of go through this in order of uh, as I uh, curated it, because some of this stuff was from just uh, after we recorded last week, yeah. and some of this stuff was breaking just today. In fact, as of recording, so um, nice. yeah, the first one is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, we don't know too much about this now, but it's a nice little update on what Edgar Wright is doing next. Um, Obviously, uh, his last movie is Baby, Baby Driver, and um, obviously he's done, you know, kind of obviously starting in, in horror, you know, with Shaun of the Dead and, and kind of moving away from the genre in recent years. Um, but he, it has been confirmed that his next movie is a psychological horror film um, oh, set yeah. in London. And yeah, I mean, that's awesome, right? Uh, obviously, I 28 months of... later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Um <clears throat> But yeah, obviously, I, I love Edgar. I, I love like pretty much all of his movies, and I, yeah. I would I've been dying for him to come back in the genre space for a while now. Um, and yeah, I was super excited to hear this news. I was like, yes, it was one of those ones where I kind of hadn't really been thinking about Edgar for a while now, and then as soon as I heard that news, I was like, yes, I'm really, really, really excited for this. Um, definitely, man, because he's definitely one of the best like British directors around, you know. So. Awesome, awesome news there. Um, next up is some more news regarding a director that we like's next project. Um, this was very big news, uh, sort of a few days ago, where it comes uh, after a lot of reshuffling regarding kind of the revival of the Universal Monster movies. Mm. Um, this kind of it has had a few <laughs> kind of reboots and um, redesigns over the last few years, to say the least. Um, where they've kind of tried to reboot these classic monster franchises, you know, the Frankensteins, the Draculas, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's been a um, weird one, really, hasn't it? Yeah, it was kind of um, really messy last year, or was it last year or the year before with The Mummy, um, which uh, yeah, did not do I'm well. God, that's when that was. Yeah, that um, was weird. That was crazy, that one. Yeah, it was it was such a weird one because it looked like an action movie. You know, it had Tom Cruise in it, but it, it it bombed as well. And it was just a, it was a whole weird situation. So Universal Pictures have clearly kind of um, taken a step back and kind of been like, right, what do we do? Um, and they've realized that they should just let Bloomhouse take it over. Um, yeah. So this is going to be sort of a co-production now between Universal and Bloomhouse. And the first project uh, will be a sort of reboot of The Invisible Man. Um, written and directed by one Lee Winnell. Um, of course, last seen making Upgrade uh, last year. Hell yeah. Um, movie of the year. 
<laughs> some people's movie of the year and uh yeah some i other I... people's movie of the year. <laughs> um so yeah we don't really know too much about this you know it's a long ways off no release date or anything like that um as long as he doesn't write himself a really cringeworthy role within it then i'm happy you i would bet money on it right now um <laughs> but uh yeah it's cool you know I'm, I'm happy to hear more about what lee's doing next and it's always it's always nice when these guys stay in the genre because mm. what the one of the weird things about last year was like there was Eli Roth movies that we didn't cover there was fede alvarez movies that we didn't cover yeah. there was a james wan movie that we didn't cover you know all these guys that we really really like but they weren't making horror movies um and so yeah i'm, I'm super happy that he's still sort of in this space um definitely, definitely. so yeah it can't be any worse than the the previous universal movies uh, the recent ones um this next one is fantastic news uh this broke today um as of recording and it was something that we've talked about a lot on the show regarding whether or not it would or would not happen yeah i was like god damn it yeah um <laughs> so this is of course the uh the upcoming movie dr sleep um we mm. have talked about this movie a lot on the show um of course with it being a mike flanagan joint and um yeah, it was always pegged for January 2020, miles and miles and miles ago. Um, mm. and we, we didn't really know what was going on, whether it was a Netflix movie or what. Um, it was all very confusing because, um, of course, we knew about this way before Haunting of Hill House and all of that stuff. Um, we knew Mike had finished the movie as well. He's tweeted that he was kind of edi- editing the movie recently. Um, and, yeah, yeah kind monster, of... isn't he? Yeah. Let's it's, just take it's... a moment to... Realize yeah. how much of an animal this guy is. Oh, his output, you know, since we've yeah. been doing the show. Like, he's the only guy he's who's prolific. been there every single year. Um, and yeah, we will not, you know, we were worried that 2019 is filled with hype releases that we cannot wait for. But it was it was a shame it was going to be a Mike Flanagan less year, but no more. Um, because, yeah, Doctor Sleep is going to be out November 8th, 2019. Um, and Crazy, I, already, I already cannot wait. Like, this year, like, <laughs> As we spoke many times, it's a joke. All of our favorite directors are back this year, and now, now he's here as well. I honestly, this to me immediately shoots up to the top of the list. You know, where I just cannot wait. This guy cannot put a foot. I feel, wrong. I feel like we're really in a good place for horror right now. Oh, like so good. With, you know, last year was incredible, and I just feel like cinema horror is doing fantastic. You've got, you got, you know, film companies getting behind like projects like it, and obviously now like the Universal <laughs> stuff, like big big kind of film companies put a lot of money in horror movies you know we we saw it somewhat get recognition at the oscars and now mm. suddenly you know it, it just seems like it's everywhere and everywhere is good stuff as well yeah 100 um, percent. the big budget yeah, ones are mostly really good yeah. Um, yeah you've obviously got like the netflix releases which keep you busy throughout the year which are, are mixed but there are some very very good ones as well mm. um and then of course tv as well like the amount of amazing yeah. like genre television right now is at an all-time high by far well it's i never know been when when we first right started doing this podcast we our intent was always kind of cinema horror and recent, yeah. you know current releases and it was a bit worrying because you know we were like oh my god how many of these ghost movies are we gonna have to see but like mm. You know, the, the, the crazy stuff that we've seen over the last couple of years, and it only looked like it's going to continue. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, this this to me was probably the most exciting piece of news out of yeah. all of them, really. Um, 
I just sort of saw it on Twitter earlier today and I was like, yes, like I kind of had a feeling this was going to happen. But it's so, so awesome. So yeah, cannot wait. Um, So yeah, going to the opposite end of the spectrum, this one, this next story is definitely marked as a rumor for now. So do not take this uh, seriously. Um, But the reason why, I guess I I traditionally wouldn't mention this, but I wanted to because it was something that we have specifically talked about on the show before, um, which is rumored casting for the Candyman uh, movie. (laughs) it was kind of amazing really because obviously we i joked saying about michael b jordan to be candy man which i still mm. think would be hilarious um and would then uh cat mentioned on twitter saying about lakeith stanfield for the role um which you know as soon as she said that it just felt right like i haven't mm. really stopped thinking about him in that role and he is the rumor now that he is set to star in candy man the, the interesting thing about it is that he's the the site that reported this rumor says that he's in talks to star as the main character of the film named anthony Mm-hmm. Um, which in the story, Anthony is the name of Candyman's son, which he has. Um, sure. <laughs> so I find this interesting because I do think that that's where they're going to go. Like, I don't think it's going to have Tony Todd or the old style Candyman. I really do think it is going to be kind of a, because he's described it as a spiritual sequel, which makes me think that, yeah, he's mm. not going to mess with it. And it's not going to be a new quote unquote Candyman, but it's going to be the next generation of a Candyman. And I could totally see this movie being his transformation to by the end of it. He's our lead protagonist throughout, but by the end of it, he's what we would consider the new Candyman. Um, and yeah, Definitely. it's exciting. Obviously, it's a rumor, but I only wanted to mention it because of the fact that it's something that we've specifically talked about. And yeah, it just makes too much sense to not be true. I, so I hope it is true. It really does, man. Um, yeah, and that one is still 2020, so a long time to wait for that one. Yeah, damn it. Um, yeah, no, next up is a couple of news stories about TV shows. Um, this first one was pretty insane. Th- this one was over a week ago now, um, sort of on the eve of Resident Evil 2 coming <laughs> out. Um, just they kind of dropped out of nowhere. That, uh, it is currently being reported that Resident Evil is heading to TV. Um, oh, my God. And not only is it heading to TV, it's heading to Netflix. Um, yeah, my God. So yeah, this is kind of the uh, the whole thing right now. It's kind of the the Constantine film who do who oversee the the, the Resident Evil franchise, the film franchise, is the ones behind it. And this comes in the wake of the news that they are trying to reboot the film franchise as well. Um, I don't think we talked about that on the show, but this was a this was a few months back. Uh, where there was talks, you know, that they are going to essentially reboot it. Um, I, I remember that we, I don't think we mentioned it because the guy that was um, tasked to direct it was someone that I wasn't very excited for. I believe it's the mm. guy who directed that yeah, Strangers movie, um, yeah. the recent one, um, which we didn't like. And I think he was the guy who's kind of has been attached to a remake uh, or a reboot mm. uh, essentially for the Resident Evil franchise. So that's not something I'm excited for. However, taking it a different direction on tv i mean what what do you think about this news oh i'm absolutely buzzing like i don't yeah. know exactly what to expect other than like i'm just buzzing to see it because it's kind of like could it be uh you know with with what netflix have done obviously castlevania like are mm. they thinking of doing like a cartoony route like a graphic novel-y type thing or is it going to be live action like who knows about that and kind of like what are they going to do is it going to be a retelling a brand new thing but i mean you know resident evil is one of my favorite franchises across all media so just any resident evil stuff i can get i'm i'm actually buzzing for who are they going to pass as wesker yeah i know right um (laughs) 
I, yeah, I'm really, I'm super excited for this. You know, after the six movies, I am very much exa- exhausted with that version of Resident Evil, and I don't want to see a new movie anytime soon. Um, but a TV show for sure would be great. <clears throat> I think more, you know, I like that it's a Netflix production because we've talked about this before. They aren't these big budget traditionally shows, um, mm. which is what the Resident Evil movies were. I would like a more stripped back story based Resident yeah. Evil adaptation you know whether it is just the inner workings of umbrella corporation and kind of I want uncovering them to, the virus and stuff i want them to just like have a uh tales from the crypt style but all zombie movies and just give like recent zombie horror movie directors an episode one cut <laughs> the dead director there you go here's your resident yeah. episode <laughs> but that's the thing I, I don't think it'll be like i don't think it's going to be in that style of the walking dead you no, know like, i think the, it's It'll more be more of like of, a talkie-based drama, and I'm totally yeah. okay with that because I'm more fascinated. More about the conspiracies, by... yeah, yeah kind of like great. almost like the first movie where mm. you've got the 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 T virus kind of in existence, and you've got the staff, and you've got someone undercover that's kind of trying to get it out, and then suddenly you meet a character that might be Ada, and like, do you know what I mean? Just kind of mm. like all of these things, and and yeah, kind of like a much more scale back leading up to the, the kind of eventual kind of outbreak. Yeah, you can do so much with that with with Resident Evil without ever involving zombies. You know, from... the thing that the thing that excites me so much as well is the fact that uh, Netflix gets shit done. Like yeah. we we will see this, you know, potentially this year. Mm. Like you know, the way Netflix gets stuff out, so um, that's good as well. Because sometimes you hear these projects, and like <laughs> if this is real and they're, they're really getting behind it, they, yeah, it could be coming out pretty quick yeah i mean it is it's super exciting it was great news to see and it's it's one of those weird ones where when resident evil 7 came out we we had the last movie at the same time mm. um so it was this kind of double header of well the game was a masterpiece and the movie was uh pretty bad uh, and uh Real it was kind of bad. interesting with the, with the new game coming out and so much hype around it right now to then them release this news at the same time i mean it had mm. to be intentional um but it's always interesting how these things kind of seem to always come together um but yeah, this next Definitely. one um, is an update on another TV show, which we're very excited for, which is the Child's Play TV series. Um, not a huge amount here, but we do know now that it will be on sci-fi um, mm. in America. So the sci-fi channel have picked it up. It, it was a bit strange, really, that they knew they were doing a show. and yeah. they, I guess they had the backing and the production company and all that stuff, but they didn't have a home for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's and, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I yeah, guess they're just like, sci-fi. we're going to release this thing. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah. it's Chucky. Chucky always lives. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, that, that's pretty much all they announced, along with um, that it's going to be obviously Don um, and David, and then joining the family for the first time is uh, Nick and Tosca, um, who worked on Channel Zero on Sci-Fi, and he's also worked with Don in the past on the Hannibal TV uh, franchise. Um, cool. So they've kind of worked together on TV before, and, and they kind of spoke about that partnership uh, as they announced this. So yeah, it's pretty cool, man um whether or not, i don't know when we'll see this again like i remember last year didn't they they said 2019 but yeah i'm sure they said as well that like chucky will still be it'll still be r-rated you know chucky will still be swearing mm. and it's not going to be toned down for tv and we know what sort of stuff sci-fi will put out there yeah so like it's fantastic yeah definitely um and then, yeah next up because there's so much news this week is another update on a tv show which is the the rebooted twilight zone um i i feel like i keep forgetting just how much tv there is this year that makes i sense. know well, i know because they're, they're obviously the, the mainstays like you immediately think to game of thrones you immediately think stranger, stranger things. things yeah um it's kind of like the main two and then you know we're gonna get american horror story um whereas yeah. like walking these dead new... comes back super bowl weekend 
Yep, that's a thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> listen, you don't even watch it anymore. <laughs> I might just to keep because I feel like I miss trolling you about it. And yeah, I, I kind of miss that it almost well. enough to catch up. I'm only three episodes <laughs> behind. Oh, only for you watch that in a day, mate. Exactly, exactly. I feel like I'm back. I know what you're doing this weekend. Correct. Um, but uh, I will be watching the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, so the Twilight Zone. Um is obviously this is the jordan peele sort of produced slash hosted reboot of the twilight zone mm. um, i always forget he's hosting yeah. i know it's so awesome like he his name is attached to so much cool shit I like know. let alone the fact that he's doing his own movie but the Candyman stuff and this as well like he is on such a good streak right now but um yeah we we know now that the premiere day is april 1st um so, so obviously unless it is an april falls which i hope not <laughs> um but yeah it's very soon and they will be premiering with two episodes uh on the first monday um so yeah very exciting we don't know what those episodes are yet because there's an insane amount of talent involved with this uh both from the writing and directing standpoint but the amount of insane sort of horror actors that are involved as well obviously across different episodes um I cannot wait. This is one of those ones oh, that like, I'm be so cool. excited for. You yeah, know, I feel like I'm, I'm still waiting for like Tales of the Crypt to come back, but this is like the next best thing that I'll take for now. Um, and yeah, it's, it just sounds super awesome. And obviously, there's the Creep Show, isn't there as well? Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Shudder kind of yeah saying about that coming soon as well. Yeah, I don't, think they, I don't think they gave a date on the email. No, I don't think they have. Again, I think they're they're aiming for this year. Um, mm. But yeah, no sort of firm date on that yet. Um, yeah, the last two aren't as sort of big as these last few things. Um, did you see the trailer for that Ted Bundy movie? I saw the trailer dropped, but I was like, do you know what? I just want to see it. I just want to see the film, man. Yeah, definitely. I, it's not one that you have to see. Like, it was fun to see it. Obviously, we've seen the images of Zach in that role. Yeah. Um, and I watched the trailer. And yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, it wasn't anything kind of crazy. You know, it's, it's what you'd want from the movie, really. Um, it was interesting to see a little bit of backlash regarding this trailer. Um, and also the recent uh, documentary that just dropped as well um about ted uh, uh yeah about ted because um it, it basically kind of portrays him in a nice friendly light um mainly yeah. the trailer is where this is coming from the, the trailer itself is very kind of one line of focus you know it's a lot of zach kind of saying these little quips before it cuts to a next scene and it, it is the tone of a trailer you know it's a trailer to get people hyped um and so obviously whether or not that'll be what the movie is or isn't you know it will, will remain to be seen but it is a little bit odd when you watch it and you're like I, I don't think this guy is a serial killer. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, he seems like a very charming kind of level headed person, but I guess that is the, the allure of Ted Bundy and why people have been so drawn to him for so long. Yeah. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see kind of, you know, how, how they do portray it kind of, mm. you know, because it's, it's from the memoirs of his, is it uh, wife or partner or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, you know, the, uh, you know, he's such a, you know, he, he did such horrible things, but mm. but also kind of like has this weird following and kind of, you know, w where is it going to lie? You know, things like, you know, people like a Bundy or a Manson, you, you always wonder like what sort of light they're going to be painted in. And yeah, I, <laughs> I just can't wait to see Zach Efron like it. Like, I hope they do go full crazy and not just always serious because it does seem like they're playing it quite more of a courtroom drama than, than yeah. like craziness. But I hope we get glimpses of it because I really want to see what this guy could do. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because, yeah, the, the trailer is not, like, I can't remember off the top of my head any sort of violence, really. It's more mm. just kind of like him talking, like you say, in the courtroom stuff. Um, mm. 
But yeah, we're definitely in that era now of kind of there is a lot of focus on serial killers, both through like the true crime documentaries yeah. and stuff like this. And obviously like Charles Manson, there's been so much stuff recently. But yeah, Ted is always one of those ones I think has always stood out because pretty much all other serial killer, uh, killers are so similar in regards to, you know, they're, they're traditionally these reclusive sort of ugly mm. people that just they get drawn to this because they don't have anything else. Whereas Ted is the opposite of that in every single way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it is it will make an in for an interesting movie for sure. Um, just to He's see the different sides. Yeah. I mean, it's basically American Psycho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I can't remember when this movie's out. Uh, is it out soon? I can't remember if it's later on in the year. But um, I can't remember now. It is, it is a 2019 I... one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's on the list. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Every movie on the list will definitely come out in 2019. Definitely. Um, the one movie that I was like, ah, oh, that's a 2020. And then <laughs> why did I why did I doubt my boy Mickey F? I know. Um, but yeah, this last one, this is just a small one that I want to mention because um, Kat let us know about this on Twitter and I just thought it was super cool. Um, they, there's the horror uh, convention uh, that was, they, they, it was on last year as well called For the Love of Horror. Um, where they kind of, you know, it's one of these traditional meet and greets and sign-ins things where you get to, you know, you get to meet, uh, Robert England or someone else. And I, I know last year there was a lot Robert of the, <laughs> last year there was a lot of the Rob Zombie family there. There was Richard Brake, yeah. there was Tyler Main. Um, I think Bill Mosley was there. Um, yeah, possibly, uh, Sid Haig as well. But yeah, there was a lot of the, of the, obviously the, the, the people that we enjoy. And this year, whew, have you, you, did you see the lineup? Yeah, I did. It's it's insane. They they basically got the uh, the holy trinity of Saw, um, Tobin Bell, Shawnee Smith, and uh, Costas Mandylor. Um, they got they got a guy. I know, right? Like I can't believe they got Hoffman. Like, it's so like, exciting. Like I saw I saw the cat's tweet, and I was like, oh, that's cool that they got. And I just saw the like obviously the big two, and yeah. then I was like, oh my god, they got Hoffman. Like they did that for us yeah like i know like i never really oh, am that interested in these sort of things um no. but hearing about this is like oh god it's so tempting and apparently they're building like a bathroom set yeah. as well for when you meet them and i'm just like, oh my god they're ticking all the boxes yeah. and like billy um, the puppet and stuff because yeah. i actually looked at like the price structure and that and it's called like the billy the puppet package where you can right. like, meet all three and have yeah. pictures with all three and i was like oh man yeah it's so, so cool. sick like it would be something awesome um so yeah we'll have to see about that but yeah it's it's i just wanted to mention because it, it was it put a smile on my face because like so you yeah. you traditionally see the same type of people um yeah. you know the michael berrymans and that which are fantastic we obviously love them and they're obviously legends. i like i like seeing saw you know get this recognition yeah. as well because i feel like saw um became almost a dirty word in the horror community and, mm. and you know kind of like with what it spawned and kind of that yeah kinda, genre of movie or subgenre within horror and kind of you know saw itself like those movies i mean you know we've done our retrospectives we mm -hmm. don't need to talk about them but like well, it's my all-time favorite I'm, horror franchise I'm, just, I'm glad that it's getting that recognition yeah me too and it's i like to say i would you kind of tobin bell's one of those ones that yeah he's the star and you would, you yeah. would try and get him but the fact that they've put in the work to get amanda and hoffman and and yeah. i would love to just for them to hopefully now they've got the big three just try to get anyone get jigsaw's wife get like get all the people um that have been in the movies because obviously they are the main three you know <laughs> the thing about saw is most characters don't last more than a couple of movies yeah, um, I was say. <laughs> but it I would be they definitely can, they can only really get uh you know dr gordon well, I was thinking like Zep, you know, that would be, Zep, that'd be yeah. a great oh. one. Um, oh. Yeah, Dr. Gordon is a, is a, is a shoe-in for sure. And yeah, if you could get, uh, yeah, imagine if you got Lee as well. But um, 
yeah it's, it's awesome man it's really awesome but yeah that was the last little one just a nice little addendum but yeah there was there was some crazy news this that was week. a news episode we'll yeah thanks for listening <laughs> um but yeah I, we had to I, I feel like that was a strong news segment like i feel like there was oh, yeah. none of that that we could have cut for sure but yeah me, i mean it's got me pumped for horror me too me too this this year and the future is very exciting and we also have a very exciting movie to talk about which we which we shall do now it's called one cut of the dead So yeah, obviously we mentioned at the top of the show, it was a Frightfest hit, wasn't it? Um, it was indeed. Yeah, not only was this at Frightfest, but it was one that if you if you go there, you, you kind of get a sense of which movies are really popular, kind of as you're there and post it. Um, when you're reading about <coughs> blogs and you're seeing people's tweets, you know, their top movies, and you really do get a general consensus of, the, of which are the ones people have enjoyed. Um, it's always fascinating to see kind of the ones that are on the main screens that aren't on anyone's top fives or top tens. And you kind of get a sense of like, Oh, you know, I don't want to throw this movie under the bus, but just an example. I didn't really see the Ranger on anyone's list. And (laughs) I knew you were going to say that one. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it was, it was the only one, but like, yeah yeah exactly and because it's the opener it was like most people would have seen it and so like, like even if i hadn't have seen it that would have spoke volumes to me and so yeah there, there were definitely movies where like you know everyone was loving upgrade for example you know when it was there the movie the year <laughs> um and so going into so one cut of the dead was one that was on smaller screens as we were there mm-hmm. and in kind of the word of mouth over the weekend they started showing it on more screens and yeah the amount of people that Pretty much, if you saw One Cut of the Dead at Fright Fest, it was your number one movie. Um, There wasn't really many ones where there was a couple where I saw it on like two or three, but it was like you either didn't see it or it was your number one. Um, Oh, this is is the perfect festival movie as well. Like you can just you know get get behind it with a crowd and you know yeah, it, it is made for the horror festival community especially because of the movies that we saw at fright fest and the reason why we love fright fest so much is because mm. what we crave watching these movies is pretty much going and sitting down in front of a movie and having no idea what it's about um, yeah. you know that was why we love life changer so much and all these other different movies you know we it's so hard to have that experience these days and yeah like yeah. we knew something about one cut of the dead uh, like we knew obviously more than for example the people at fright fest went to see it but we still didn't know a lot about this movie which was so exciting Not- to us um and yeah. yeah, could you imagine seeing that in a, in a festival <clears throat> setting? Like I, yeah, it would have been it would have been insane. Um, yeah, we had yeah. an opportunity, didn't we? I can't remember. Was it when it was something big that we were, would have to have missed? Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it was, but, but like, no, no regrets. Didn't, didn't happen. No regrets. <laughs> we're there now. Um, we're there. Yeah, now. exactly. I got um, a nice see... Blu-ray on my shelf. Yeah, it's very nice, um, and it does exist. Uh, so yeah, do you want to give us a quick <laughs> good luck uh, no. synopsis of this one? <laughs> no, no, I don't, bro. Anyone that's seen this movie is just gonna be like, oh, "Good luck, good luck, man." Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, one cut of the dead. I mean, this movie centers around. Uh, I don't like to use the word gimmick because it's it's much mm. more than a gimmick. But but basically, the the selling point of this movie is the opening thirty seven minutes is a one cut, one take zombie movie yeah um and that is kind of what we knew going in um the the this is a 90 minute movie and kind of once you get that one cut um one take zombie movie you basically get to peel back and find out what the hell was going on 
and what yeah. you were watching. Uh, because as you're watching this kind of, you know, one cut segment, weird things are going on and it's very unclear. Like, clearly strange things are happening that they're not explaining to you. And as you get further into the movie, it gets explained to you. I Anything more than that borders on spoiler territory. Yeah, I mean, it's that's very quite, difficult. Quite a, yeah, quite a succinct way of just giving you an overview of the movie. We'll definitely kind of go into it and... Mm. Uh, you know, throw up a spoiler warning, but that's that's top level, man. I mean, the the the, the one cut kind of segment is the movie's kind of you know the, the whole web of the movie really is centered around that. Yeah, that's what puts this movie on people's radar. Like it's yeah. it's a low budget zombie movie, and there are obviously a million of those. And so, yeah. kind of, how do you stand, uh, you know, away from the crowd? And, I mean, and that is I mean, what their are... idea was. There are low budget zombie movies, and then there's one cut of the dead. Like yeah. <laughs> this movie was made with what was it, twenty seven thousand dollars or something? Which I just don't, I can't believe. That believe. For a second. <laughs> I still don't believe because I've seen it now, and we'll, yeah. we'll get into the movie. But I fail to believe how you could make this movie for so cheap. I really, mm. it, it blows my mind. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's insane to me. Obviously, it's yeah. like it's unknown people, and so that doesn't cost a lot. It's pretty much across two locations the entire movie, so that's not going to cost too much. Like there are obviously ways that you can keep costs of movies down. Yeah. But again, I just don't. I, it blows my mind that this movie is made that cheap because yeah, we will not see another movie this year. That Turns comes out close you don't. You don't need a crane to get an aerial shot. Like you've just <laughs> you got to be inventive don't. with your with your crew. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, this movie, like you say, obviously it starts with the with the with the opening take, and and you kind of yeah. expected that. You know, that was what we knew going in, and so you know, straight off the bat, it's very low budget. Like you say, the camera quality is uh, questionable to say the least. Um, I feel like your Blu-ray player and 4K television were probably not needed um, at yeah. this point. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was unsure whether my Blu-ray player was going to spit it out or not. Like, oh, <laughs> like, put, put, put something 4K in, please. Yeah, so you know, it's 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 a struggle to look at. Um, and yeah, you have these acting performances, which are again questionable, um, yeah. but in a fun way. Um, and yeah, you're watching the movie, and it's pretty much what you in expect. A, you know, it's... in a fun slash weird way. Like, yeah. certainly, you need to stick with this movie. This movie, yeah. this movie gives you its reward for for sticking through it because mm. ten minutes in, I was very like, oh my god, I've been wanting to see this movie for so long. I've like we we avoided watching it via the the Amazon way when it came out. We've got the Blu-ray. We're doing it right, and and I'm like, I don't know if I'm super into this. And then it just clicks, mm. and you're just you're just suddenly. You know, you're appreciating this crazy one cut segment that they've made and disbelieving that they could actually pull something that long and cohesive together. Yeah. Because um, that in itself is a feat, what they've done. And it's not, yeah, it's not the best looking movie at all. It's not well acted. You know, the, the, the overall story of that isn't, but that. But then when you start to peel back and figure out what was going on as well and what the story they're trying to tell you beyond that, it elevates that segment even more. Yeah. And it's so, so fantastic. The second we finished watching it, we wanted to put it back in to watch that segment again. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, like you say, it starts slow and there is a lot of talking moments that aren't very interesting, you know, but it has this weird <laughs> charm to it, even in those moments where you're kind of like... Oh, yeah. You're like, well, you know, there isn't a huge amount of action going on screen right now. But even this in itself, the fact that there are multiple characters talking, getting their lines right, and no one's, you know, because you just know at one point 
a million things can go wrong and they have to start all of this over again and there are multiple characters moving around a physical space which i wasn't expecting so much movement and so much camera movement um, <laughs> so up, much movement upstairs downstairs inside outside you know they're going all over the place and even early on and even before you really start getting to the meat of the zombie outbreak and yeah it's, it's a weird one from like a technical standpoint because you are just i was just intrigued and fascinated because i was like god they're yeah. actually pulling this like it gets to about 10 minutes in like you're saying i'm like wow they've, they've they've pulled it off so far like it's it's 10 minutes there isn't a car it's it's fairly interesting and they're getting to the zombie stuff and then yeah once it actually gets to the outbreak and shit starts happening it kind of blows you away when you're watching it where you're like because the camera is so shaky and so bad yeah. that you, it almost made me think of it reminds me of in like the hardcore henry sequences where they obviously spliced it and that was where the edits were and yeah. so you're kind of watching it going like well have they tricked us here like have they actually just spliced it you know yeah. is this still one true take one true one car um which it is and they prove that later on in the movie um mm-hmm. but it, it was interesting in in the least the way it was shot and then, yeah, once you kind of get to the end of this overall sequence, I just felt exhausted. Like, yeah. for, for them, you know, I, I was like, I can't believe all these actors have had to have, you know, blood splattered in their face. Well, there's, there's one character that, that is pretty much on camera for the entire 37 minutes. Yeah, and she does such a yeah. good job. And it's just outrageous, you know, that she manages to hit every point. You know, there's there. She has to obviously deliver dialogue. She has to run. She has to uh, fight. She has to kind of do uh, choreography with, you know, zombies and weapons and blood splatter and kind of all of these different things. And she has to nail them all that mm. one take and get in the right place, you know, kind of, it, you know, let alone talking about the camera guy. Like the, the yeah. thing about this movie is um, you've got to be the right sort of person to, to want to watch this. Yeah, um, probably the sort of person that's listened to this show. Yeah, yeah you have to be <laughs> a film nerd. You have to care yeah. about like the production and of films because you're not watching this for its cinema quality. You know, you're watching this because it's this crazy, interesting experiment that is this 37 minute take. And then, kind of, we asked the question, like, when when that ended, what what are we going to get for the next hour? Like, mm. almost an hour, and kind of for the first five or ten minutes of that it's very confusion as to what this is going to be and to the point that we were like did they just shoot this at a different time and it's very jarring Mm. and then it kicks back in and starts to tell you what it's all about and i was so into that ride as well and it had some genuine funny moments you know this Mm. this movie is only a horror movie entitled to get the horror fans you know the the super horror fans in front of it then it is just this kind of you know story of filmmaking splashed with a load of comedy really yeah um and it's fantastic like this it was thoroughly worth the wait it was a movie that i've had kind of varying degrees kind of hype on and then thought to myself oh it just can't be as good as everyone's saying Mm. you know zombie movies you know i love a zombie movie but to have something that's unique and fresh kind of in in this kind of climate I, i don't know and then like yeah, actually watching it, it, it blew me away. It exceeded any expectation that I had for it. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's it's a hard one to obviously talk about without revealing kind of what the movie is about. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, like... We'll get I, there. Yeah, I, I just love this movie so much. Like, obviously, the, the intro was great and kind of seeing that scene was fantastic. But then what happens later on and the kind of the second chunk of this movie 
it only makes the first half even better, like way, yeah. way better. And, you know, not only from a, a technical standpoint, am I blown away that they were able to achieve this, but then like you say, from a storytelling perspective and from a comedy perspective and all that stuff, they tie it together so well because it's really technically impressive, the long take. But like you say, there's no real story there. There's no real, you know, ma- major plot beats or anything like that. Whereas until you then get to the second half of the movie, and then it's like, oh no, this movie legit has like a good story in terms of like what they've told with this mm. one take um, yeah. and where it goes. <clears throat> and it's yeah, a straight I, up comedy at that point. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about this movie a lot since we've seen it, yeah, where I'm really like so impressed and, and to, like you say to bring up the budget again that is utterly ridiculous to me like if if we just saw this movie and you said how much would this made i would have, i would have said easily like a couple of million dollars this would take to pull mm. off something of this scale um because the, the, it really is impressive you know if, if you can't try to compare this to any sort of indie movie like it blows everything out of the water because you you just need a guy with a bucket of blood and a paintbrush it, turns it out. proves That's it though doesn't need. it it really yeah. does prove it That's like Modern day budgets are just <laughs> majorly inflated, but yeah, yeah. This this movie man was something else. Like the the director of this movie is mm. he blew me away with his vision for this movie and how he was able to execute. Yeah. Um, because I really think he's an absolute madman. Yeah, um, we watched. We we could not like stop absorbing this movie when it ended. When we watched yeah. it, and we watched some of the making ofs, and kind of it was hilarious to see this guy have the clearest vision of what this movie was, mm. and. I would say that it is no less than 99% what he imagined came exactly. out. Exactly, in a sea of chaos. But, but then <laughs> to see all of the cast and crew, as he's explaining the idea, look so blank throughout the entire process, but somehow mm. he had the vision to just bring it all together. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was, you know, that, that was a treat in itself to watch. You know, this is one of those movies that has like, well, here's the here's the fake script, and then here's the real script, and like, you know, here's the fake film crew, and then this is the actual film crew, and it has so many layers upon layers. And like, I say, and I feel like they didn't so even bold. know at one at some point. Like, no, I think they all just like, kind of like, dug I in. Real yeah man or am i the fake cameraman they're like i don't know just take a camera and film stuff and we'll see how good you are yeah (laughs) it blurs the line so much where like i'm still not even sure having now seen it where i was just like like who was supposed to be the actors and the directors and stuff but like it doesn't matter because the the overall experience was so goddamn enjoyable um he he's just an absolute madman for doing this like it it really seriously does remind me of hardcore henry in so many different ways because when when i first saw that movie i couldn't believe that they were able to pull off what they said they were going to do and they managed to do it and and that was kind of on a smaller scale for sure with this movie but this is like the indie version of hardcore henry yeah um in a really fascinating way and yeah much in in the way Ilya just like blew me away with with hardcore henry this director man he is on another level like i really hope he does get some money because if this is what he can make with twenty seven thousand dollars just give this guy a million i don't know he 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 only needs 50 he doesn't need any no give him some more um he wouldn't know what to do with it like (laughs) you know 50 50 is fine yeah it's just such a wild concept and i can't believe one of the dead license that's (laughs) like i just can't believe like like you say the the initial concept of the whole one take thing is fascinating and like Mm. we both said going into it you know we knew that this movie was called one cut of the dead and we and we knew that the opening scene was like a 37 minute take and i'd seen people describe it as oh yeah it's like a you know a a, a little mini zombie movie in one take Mm. but then when you pull it away and you go well what is this movie like how is it 90 minutes how is it a complete 
complete movie. And I like to say without getting into it, but the way they, they pull it all together and actually tell a cohesive story, it only makes that one take even more impressive yeah. and way more enjoyable. And like I say, the, the, uh, the first thing I wanted to do after seeing this movie was watch that one take again, mm. um, because it just makes it even better. You know, it does have that sixth sense weird factor where I would absolutely watch this movie again. And I, I bet I would enjoy it more as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, this movie was honestly like I would recommend to people to watch it without knowing like hardly anything. Obviously, we've already described quite a lot, but yeah, it's one of those movies <clears> that <throat> if you're remotely into genre like film, you have to watch One Cut of the Dead. Um, oh yeah, I've, I've really not seen anything like this. Like saying a very, very, very long time in a sea where you know we we cover a specific genre, so of course we're going to see a lot of crossover. I, mean, I, I actively seek out zombie movies, just any yeah. zombie movie that I can watch as well. Exactly, so. and not just zombie, but like like I say, when you're going to watch horror, you're going to see a lot of crossover. You're going to see a lot of different conventions mm. and a lot of different stuff that may seem played out. But to see something so fresh and so original, like you say, I can only imagine what people who went to a weekend specifically for horror you know that was seeing multiple movies to just suddenly sit down and see this goddamn movie like i would have been absolutely blown away by it as well and i still am seeing it now um but yeah i mean what would your recommendations for this movie be i mean go watch it man like go support this movie get the (laughs) blu-ray i think like like i said i definitely do think it's um to, to be more serious with it. it you have to be the right sort of person but like i say yeah i think you know our audience are the right sort of people for this you know this is not a movie that i would be recommending to to, to just anyone but yeah. kind of you know this movie is perfect for the hardcore horror fan this movie is probably the perfect horror movie convention movie um you know uh, it's a shame that we didn't get to see it at fright fest because um, you know, th- that is the perfect scenario to watch this movie um, mm. because, you know, it is just made for that sort of audience that just kind of love films beyond film, like just the film, you know, love the making of, love seeing the the, the behind the scenes. And this movie just really peels it back and give, gives you what you want. Yeah, definitely. In such a charming um, way. Like it was such a surprise. Yeah, it just, it just put such a smile on my face. And yeah. that's so rare to see, you know, we're, like... We're early in the year and we've actually been treated to some bloody amazing movies already. Yeah, um, I know. Going in the theme of, you know, 2019 just being so hype. And yeah, this is another one where a smaller, you know, release, we don't traditionally wait until the movie's out on Blu-ray to watch it. You know, it's, it's usually either direct to on demand or it's, you know, a cinema release. Um, and yeah, this this just like, this was so good. Like, I, I just want to watch it again. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, I might watch it after this. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess throw up a spoiler warning so we can kind of get into it a bit more. Definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, definitely don't listen to this unless you've seen the movie because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of like I say, the initial take is obviously the the gimmick, quote unquote, and then you get into okay, what is actually going on here? What is the context to this? Because we had a lot of questions, didn't we? When we was watching that first <laughs> take, lot. you know, not only some some little small things, but we we kind of had really obvious questions like, is the camera? a person who's in this you know because yeah. there was so much inconsistency there is well, multiple a couple of times when look at talk it. to the camera yeah like, like, multiple yeah. times they talk to the camera reference to being a camera but then most of the time he's not referenced there's even a, a point where you see someone wipe the camera lens yeah you know which you wouldn't see in a traditional movie obviously um so it really became a case of like is this yeah like i say is this found footage is this a guy running around well no because he's not referenced and and then yeah, obviously the, the multiple don't attack him like, yeah exactly the zombies confusing. yeah the zombies just ignore him um and then yeah obviously the the smaller moments that just are bizarre and make no sense whatsoever mm-hmm. um 
a certain character will say a certain line and you're just like what does that mean or just you know move out of, out of the scene weirdly um yeah. you're one of our favorite things was there was a there was a character just sitting in the background yep <laughs> Just, there's a uh, zombie outbreak and there's zombies eating yeah. people and he's just sitting down <laughs> he's just got, you know just sometimes you just sometimes can't clear the set when you're filming like what can you do it reminded me of like when you spot a ghost in haunted hill house where it's just like is he supposed to be there <laughs> like, is, is anyone going to reference this um so yeah that, that, like i say there is there are some weird moments and even though you're enjoying it for the one take and the gimmick of it you're kind of like what is actually going on here mm. um so then it, it it takes the giant kind of smash cut to not only an extremely HD looking camera, um, <laughs> yeah, which it felt extremely HD considering what we'd just seen for the last 30 minutes, um, but then kind of jumping around, there's cuts, there's, uh, it says one month ago, you know, we're seeing these characters, but they're not acting as in- insane and over the top anymore. They're acting mm-hmm. more like actual human beings. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, then you really peel it back about what this movie is essentially, you know, that there's, there's, um, a, a kind of a crew a task team task force that have been given this chance to make what is it it's for like a new channel it's, isn't it's it? a new it's a new horror channel and for the opening night they've basically been tasked with making a 30 minute live zombie feature yeah so the one cut is you know the the, the, the feature is called one cut of the dead mm-hmm. and and the idea is of what we've just seen is the live segment that aired and we we now get to see basically the making of that segment we get to see kind of the pre-production and then we actually get the production itself and mm. we get a lot of answers as to kind of these weird moments you know when a character talks to the camera directly or uh, you know the, the character that just randomly is there not saying anything we get to figure out what they are and why they what what's going on and basically as this live broadcast is going on catastrophe is going on all <laughs> behind the camera all manner of things are going wrong and the filmmakers are just trying their best to make this somewhat cohesive 30 minute live zombie movie still happen um and not just you know uh, let let the kind of producers pull the plug and just go to dead air and um you know that's the rest of the journey really we get to see uh, a fake making of of this crazy one cut segment and it my god it was a journey <laughs> yeah it really was uh, like obviously before it gets into the the pre-production and everything we we really focus on this family um, yeah which only one of the well i guess two of the characters are, are recognizable to us and, and it's very confusing because you're like oh okay i didn't know they were a couple um and we're seeing the, the 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 two of them with their daughter as well and it's very unclear as to why they're focusing on these three um, yeah. and it only becomes clear once you kind of start to realize what's going on because this is essentially the director of one cut of the dead um, yeah you know in in the film universe (laughs) it's very confusing to talk about all these different (laughs) roles um and yeah his his actual wife and his actual daughter who aren't to do with the movie at all but they are obviously interested in his work and so they're kind of following him along and yeah one of one of the catastrophes because there are many is that basically two of the actors do do they get involved in is it a car accident yeah like a car crash like uh just you know so they can't get there basically and it's on the day of the bloody yeah. film. Um, yeah, because they're like two hours away from civilization where they've decided to film. So yeah. no one else can get there. 
Yeah, so they're basically like, well, look, you're going to, like, the director is actually going to have to play the acting role of the director in the movie, um, you know, because yeah. you know the lines and all this and that. And then his wife plays one of the characters as well. Yeah, she plays the makeup artist. Yeah, and then basically his daughter, who was just hanging around, then kind of becomes like the pseudo director. Yeah. Um, because she knows the script as well and, and yeah. can kind of uh, change it on the on, on the go, as it were. Um, and so, yeah, th- that's kind of the most jarring thing, I guess, is because once you see one cut the dead, the, the short take the single take um it then cuts to like you say this family and that that part of the movie was very odd to us yeah like, all, i found you get in the that, auditions and all that stuff yeah i found that that's almost like a 20 minute segment and yeah because i had no idea what was going on the movie did drop again for me and i thought oh they've given me this cool gimmick and then they're just giving me like an hour of filler mm. to get to 90 minutes and i was like this is outrageous like this is yeah. so weird and then suddenly they just turn it around and actually <clears throat> they almost know how special uh, kind of what special a thing they're making. And they're like, Mm. we're willing to troll you for 20 minutes because we know when we give you that punch in the face, it's going to be so goddamn hard that you'll not, you'll forgive us for this, for this absolute bounce that we're going to put you through. Yeah. Um, Cause that's really what it is. Like it's so bizarre. And, um, but the second they arrive and kind of the live feed kind of, you know, we hear about the actors, kind of one of the actors is par- paralytic drunk. We kind of hear about one of the other actors, how he has a, a stomach problem and he has to have specialist water or he'll get really bad diarrhea. And mm. we see him drink out of someone else's water bottle. And turns out that's the guy that just is sitting there unable to move <laughs> during, the, during the one take. And kind of, you know as these characters kind of peel back and we, we find out what the hell was going on and these these weird one-lines that we picked up on when we saw it the first time and actually why they exist and kind of what happened and what went wrong. It, it was mm. it was so funny and such a joy to watch. Um, and also, it was kind of like such an accurate spoof of the making of as well. Yeah, that's quite, what's so bizarre. Yeah, because we watched the making of after it, of the one cut segment, and it's very similar. You know, th- there's a scene where a zombie gets decapitated and kind of the the amount of organization that had to go into that one moment. And I'm talking about the real moment in the 30 the minute segment where, mm. you know, we're we're probably 10, 15 minutes in. But yeah, 15 at least minutes in and this zombie, you know, they have to get the zombie, get the actor to duck down. They quickly place a mannequin with a removable head. They knock that to the floor. A guy with a paint blush and blood just smothers it all in blood. And then everyone get beelines out of there. The whole time the camera is live and inches away from all of that stuff going on. Mm. None of it is captured. And then it pans to the dead body. Like, just to see all that absolute madness in such a confined area. Like, you know, why the hell not just have them in an open space? But no, the director was like, (laughs) we're going to have you on the edge of an empty swimming pool with, like, two foot either side just to make yeah. it even more challenging. And I tell yeah. you what, I'm going to be there with a the GoPro on as well just to make yeah. it even more challenging. Like, it was it was outrageous. And, mm. um, yeah, like, I loved, I loved seeing the fake making of and, yeah, kind of 
the 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 comedy really scales up until ultimately, mm. ultimately the end. We were just laughing our heads off, at, like oh, when yeah. this movie ended up. And the it, jokes it was, hit so, it was hard. so good. It was so good, man. What what's so weird about it is, like, say the final third of this movie is obviously mm. them showing them do this one take. <clears throat> and so what's so weird because this is so on so many different levels. You have the actual one take that they actually filmed. Yeah. Then we are seeing a fake making of, which is extremely similar to how they actually done it in real life. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because at the end of the movie, not only do we watch the making of, but at the end of the movie, over the course of the credits, we do see little glimpses of the actual making of, yeah. um, which as you just briefly mentioned, but the actual real life director is, is standing behind the real life cameraman with a GoPro on his head. Yeah. And so during all this mayhem for 37 minutes, he has recorded it in one take, um, which is on the Blu-ray as well, which you yeah, can watch. Which I'm is definitely fantastic. Watch um, because obviously that, that, that proves it as well which is amazing you know it's like oh no it actually was one take there were no cuts here um but it's amazing to see the actual production company or the actual crew you know pull off these actual shots and then kind of the fake version is pretty much the same you know obviously yeah. that thing that you just mentioned the the decapitation identical mm. you know they were like well this is how we done it so this is how we're going to show them doing it in the movie um and then there are obviously these the little the jokes that they add you know people falling over off camera and the guy who has the shits and the guy who's drunk you know these are all elements that are obviously added to, to, to yeah. make comedy that didn't actually happen when they were doing the take um but then even the small things like obviously the big joke at the end which is the best joke that the human yeah. pyramid like it was great because i human wanted to know pyramid. how did they actually do that in real life and it was there was yeah, just a turns out, turns, out, turns out terrifying though as well yes how they how they filmed the pyramid shot like everything about this movie is terrifying like in terms of how they watch how they did it and again uh drink every time i say hardcore henry but when when you watch the making of that it's like how did no one die making this movie and i still mm. don't know how they did it yeah. and this is a similar level where i'm watching actors i'm watching crew running around covered in fake blood that it's everywhere on the floor they're running yeah. on rooftops for christ's sake with actual axes in their hands yeah and i'm saying like, was that a real axe hell yeah it was real yeah i'm just like how did no one get hurt and, and then yeah. one of the best things about this movie is the actual cameraman as he's about 20 minutes into their take when they've it's made no mistake yeah. just is running for a field and completely eats shit and falls over and just immediately <laughs> gets up within a second and, and is and you will not notice it the first time you see the movie well the funny thing was we we did slightly reference it to said oh is that where they've tried to do a cheeky cut like a yeah exactly because the camera was really <laughs> shaky because the camera goes really shaky for about a second and the funniest part is when you if like it's so worth watching the, the making of well you see director, it on the you see it on the credits yeah the director is on his ass with the gopro and because <laughs> he falls over and the camera swings around the director just does some sort of matrix style i thought he was on a wire <laughs> he just like jumps backwards and keeps himself out of the frame mm. like the there's almost a second story to this and yeah what the madman of a director was thinking in gopro yeah. himself and being that close to the action it was the most unnecessary stroke <laughs> of genius that i've ever witnessed in filmmaking 100 percent. where he there, there is there is no benefit for him being where he was he cannot direct he cannot speak he cannot he cannot sort he can't out see anything what the shot that's going looks on like or anything yeah he cannot do anything apart from get in the way and create <laughs> gold and that's exactly what he did but what he does <laughs> do is he creates it. one of the greatest making ofs in the history of making ofs <laughs> you are correct 
which he knows that you know because they, yeah. they know that this is our gimmick we, we put all <laughs> this work into how we actually do this shot and he needs to document it you know as as hud yeah. would say the people need to see this we need to document this Damn um, right. and, and he knew that he had to and my god was that a bold decision um but yeah the it was production so good. The movie is one of my favorites of all time in terms of when you watch it it's so enjoyable to watch and you just think like even though this looks like hell they must have had the most fun ever making this movie what was it six um, takes wasn't it for the, for the six 30 takes yeah. yeah we saw Which one is, that got to like 10 or 12 minutes on the making well, of, didn't it? well there was i'm pretty sure there was one where they filmed the whole thing and then because they didn't realize that the camera just stopped working halfway through i thought that i thought that was when they only got back 10 or 12 minutes in i thought they realized but i'm not too not. sure because like, how would they realize they, oh, like, well, they, they got quite well, quite far because all the actors <laughs> were washing all the fake blood off yeah well i, th- I could have sworn they got yeah. up on the rooftop a few maybe times. Um, on the house but yeah, six takes to like, like say, if you, you know, you talk about resets in, in, yeah. um, in film production, you know, if like a, an explosion goes off or someone goes through a wall and if, if it, for some unknown reason, there's a very small problem, the, the, the cost of resetting is so yeah. huge. Like w- one of the ones I watched uh, a few, when we, when we did our Rob Zombie retrospective and I watched uh, his Halloween was when Michael, uh, falls off the balcony at the end of the movie with Laurie. Right. And the two of them kind of fall through They you know, they smash, <laughs> they smash through the side of the balcony and fall off. Um, they could set that up only once because of the kind of explosion of the house at the same time and kind of the balcony being, you know, broken. Destroyed. Yeah. Also, the the actress got extremely hurt during that scene, and Rob was really, really unhappy with the way the shot looked um, yeah. and would have wanted to do another reset, but they just couldn't because of the cost and also the actor said that they didn't <laughs> want to do it again. And so, again, that's a huge production, and they had one shot at it, and they didn't really get it the way he wanted, and they had to just put it in the movie. And so then when you look at this angle, you know, this is a tiny, tiny movie that have got this movie has like 20 of those moments over yeah. the course of one take like it, blow, it blows my mind this just reminds me of like a video game like playing a mario maker crazy level or kind of like a grueling old game where you play the same level over and over again and you know mm. you're at 90 percent, and then you fail and you just have to start again you yeah know, almost like a trials level or like i say a mario maker one <laughs> but like in in real life with just these poor people having to just reset everything it's not just click a button and it starts like you know they have to go back to their take you know opening condition and these characters go through hell in this 30 minutes it's like what we said one of them comes out unscathed no like we we were saying you know imagine getting to 20 to 25 minutes and you just know that one one misstep on the steps you know one misspoken line or anything you know the camera going left when it should have gone right and you just see the director with the gopro you know like any of those moments could have fucked it all up and we were nervous for them watching it you know you like you really feel like when we was watching that making of i had that knot in my stomach where i was like oh my god i can't believe this is still going on like and and they're all so calm you see them off camera and they're just they're just totally fine you know i'm gonna put my fake arm in i'm gonna put my contact lenses in the guy with the paintbrush of blood he's the one he's my homie he is is the calmest guy on set like he just walked around with a bucket of blood (laughs) yeah he's just like you know what i can turn anyone into a zombie any room into a kill room in approximately 3.4 seconds (laughs) and and my god does he (laughs) yeah it's just a joy man this movie is a goddamn joy treasure it like i have and i i cannot wait to watch i'm i feel like this is going to be my new hardcore henry for a little while i'm going to watch this movie multiple times this year um 
And this yeah. director, man, my God, I do, I do not have... Like, he is exactly like the Hardcore Henry director in the sense that I want to give him all the props in the world, and I think he's amazing. Mm. I also think he's an absolute psychopath. Yeah. Um, and, like, how he's managed to pull this off, I have no idea. No, um, no. It takes a certain somebody to do something like this. Oh, yeah. Because, like, my yeah. brain, I'm just like, I watch, like, like the the best part of the making of is when he's first explaining to them what this actual movie is. And, and you know, he's got a whiteboard, and he's got, like, yeah. he's trying to he's trying to say, basically, like, this is the A team and the B team. Basically, and... whenever a movie tries to seriously explain time travel yeah that's basically what he was trying to that's do what he was him. doing but he wasn't <laughs> taking the piss he was actually 100 percent serious and the thing is he was right as well he knew exactly what oh, yeah. he was trying yeah. to do yeah. um which is insane like yeah. it's just such a cool production it's like, fantastic like, what, what a movie I, I can't believe they pulled it off like yeah just makes me happy um good shit man yeah see this movie like asap support this movie this is exactly what we want to see in horror like these guys doing crazy things uh, that have never been done before and yeah have a great time let us know what you thought of it as well um but yeah that was our discussion on one cut of the dead uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back So yeah, there was uh, obviously the game that came out that we teased last week. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting. Resident Evil 2. My God. How how far are you in it so far? Um, I've just beat Leon A. Right. Uh, So if anyone who's played the game, so kind of... You know, uh, kind of halfway through, I guess, the game, but then kind of only a quarter of the way through all of the content that you can see. Yeah, it's uh, so weird. Yeah, so it's hard to explain if anyone's not played the game. But I mean, uh, yeah, like it's it it's pretty much just you know met all of my expectations that I wanted. You know, mm. this was something that I've been looking forward to for so long. And the game the game opens up with kind of a familiar but different take on the opening scene and kind Mm. of like he gets to the gas station and then suddenly i'm like the camera's backing away am i am i going to be playing this scene and then suddenly you're playing the scene and like even just like that was just like a magical moment for me where i was like holy shit this game is going to give me different stuff and kind of from there on out the game is extremely different and but but also massively familiar and kind of it toes the line of that really well um you know there are certain moments where i'm like i i miss the the cheesiness of re2 because some of some of the the cheese that goes on with the acting and kind of oh there's plenty of cheese in this game there is in this game as well (laughs) but like i was kind of like but but this game just gives me a brand new one this is a remake you know it's Mm. what what franchise has done this where they they remake their games and kind of like just randomly number two as well like yeah you know and it's it's kind of like it's just this beautiful thing that um it's genuinely scary um, yeah which is is my favorite part about it um Mm. kind of every zombie is a challenge and kind of you um you know, you, you get a decent amount of bullets and health and everything else, but if you're in a room with three zombies and they spring you, they, they can kill you very easily. Mm. And one zombie can kill you. Like, I was in a situation where I went into a room kind of unprepared. I had bullets and I had health on me, but suddenly two zombies just wrecked me, completely mm. wrecked me. And, um, you know, you've got to have your sub-weapons equipped, 
you know, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, for me, it was it was everything I wanted it to be, and I can't wait to delve into all the you know the rest of the scenarios. And I, I don't think I'll be done there, to be honest. Yeah, I'm interested to see sort of uh, how many times we we replay it. But yeah, I've done. Um... Uh, yeah, Leon's first one and then Claire's first one so far. Yeah. Um, which is pretty much the main story because obviously the the other ones are kind of just like a retread, aren't they? Where... Oh, so you did you did Claire A, not Claire B. No, no, no. I did I did it's so confusing because they have changed yeah. the way it's it's described in this movie in this yeah. game. Yeah. So basically you can at the start of the game you just pick between Leon or Claire. It doesn't yeah. say A or B or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Once yeah. you finish the campaign, you then unlock um I think it's called second game. Yes, yes. So you did second game Claire. Yeah, I did second game right. Claire. Yeah, which is gotcha. what's supposed to tie into the, yes. the Leon bit. So obviously the, the the moments in Leon's part when you see Claire, they're the bits you get to play. Yes. Um and so yeah, I guess I guess the other one is a bit strange. Um I can't remember exactly how it how it works with the other versions, but you you get a ton of uh, story is there new stuff. Still. Yeah, yeah, a ton of story oh, stuff. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, for example, did you? See I thought the it was chief, just you would chief play... of police much. Um, well, I d- I did as Leon, right? No, as Claire. You don't see the chief of police as Leon. Not the the chief. Not the guy that's kind of half bitten in the. Middle. Oh, okay. No, I didn't see a chief of the police. No. No, you'll see him, and you'll see him in Claire's. Oh, okay. One. Yeah, well, I have to play it with Sherry and stuff. So, like, yeah, there, there's tons. Like, Wait, you need to play no, I did see more. him. No, I did oh, see did him. Oh, yeah, okay. I forgot. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see. But, um, yeah, yeah and I've unlocked, like, I, what is called fourth survivor mode in this game. Nice, um, nice. So I'll, I'll play that as well. But, yeah, I beat it once. I really like it a lot. Like you say, it's, it's gorgeous. I loved the opening of Leon's part. That yeah. might have been my favorite part of the whole game because it was just so different to what I was expecting. Where yeah. did the game to open, and so it was such a cool moment. And then, yeah, when you get into the police station, man, it was so awesome. Um, I completely agree with you that it's genuinely terrifying, um, mm. which is so good because Resident Evil Seven was the first Resident Evil that was like genuinely terrifying, and I'm so glad yeah. that actually continued that trend um, and made it really, really good. Um, I, I do like. I really like the game a lot. I actually have more criticisms with it than I was expecting to. Um, I think that a lot of what they changed is not for the good. Um, mm. Like I, I think that there's a lot of shit they add, especially in Claire's story, which I, I won't say because you've you haven't played it yet. Um, that I didn't enjoy in terms of gameplay. Um, I actually think as well that I'd kind of forgot, but this is, I guess, a weird criticism for this game. But it's Resident Evil Two doesn't have much story, does it? like in terms of the lore of resident evil because one and three i have so much story about stuff that i care about obviously this is there's no wesker in this which we obviously we know which which is a a shame and i mean hardly any umbrella report dvd and and you can see how he links into two i mean it just makes me want to play free like because you know the free has so much three make three make three (laughs) um but yeah, you know, it has, like you say, one and three are so strong because they have the, this is the B team in a lot of ways. You know, Leon and Claire are not at this point in the story and nowhere near as exciting yeah, as not Jill and Chris, Chris and, yeah. and Wesker and all these guys. And so it's a bit weird playing a game where you get the Birkin stuff, which is cool. Um, but that's kind of it, really. That's the only bit of like the Resident Evil lore that you can attach to. Like Leon's story in this game is just he's a rookie cop and he's just trying to save people. And that's kind of it. Yeah. And then Claire's story is just I'm here to see my brother and he's not here. 
so that's not really that interesting either so i from a story standpoint and obviously with it being a remake you know i've already played this so it wasn't like it didn't keep me on my edge of my seat in terms of excitement you know for the story like i was really scared in a lot of parts but i didn't want to keep playing it because i was excited to find out what happens if that makes any sense and i know that is like yeah i mean i kind of feel i kind of feel like you know resident evil one though like unless you know the context of the rest of it like i know it's kind of the the it is exploring the lab and, and figuring out what's going on, but it is just trying to escape from this zombie world one mm. and two predominantly and three, you know, because you're trying to escape the city and yeah, I totally agree. The other two have more story beats to them, but it, but it is at its core, just, ex- you know, it, it, Leon it is escape the police station, you know, that that's, that's his mission at the start. Mm. And then kind of once he's with Ada, he's like, okay, I need to get the, I need to get the G virus to 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 uncover this conspiracy and that's that's his motivation throughout the game and like i like the simplicity of it um i think uh i loved the uh kind of um mr x character um Mm. who who just i i've forgotten how brutal he is stalking you i don't know whether he was as relentless as he is in this game but like that motherfucker would not leave me alone yeah he's he's fantastic and he's really scary um i do think that he's overutilized um because like you say he he's definitely different in this game like back back in the day it was very much a there was these scripted moments that he would pop up he would chase you around for a little bit and he would go and that was obviously the limitations of the playstation at the time whereas Mm. now he's very much a physical programmed ai that is always in the in the police station at any given time um you can hear him walking around and you just have to avoid him and so there are times when like i'm just trying to crack on with what i'm doing in the police station you know i'm I'm going from room to room i know which keys i've got and then it's a case of he's just a bit of a hindrance like you you'll you'll see him at the end of a hallway and you're like oh that's where i need to go so now i've just got to go all the way around the other way and 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 the other thing as well is especially playing on normal it may be different when you play on hardcore but once you figure out that like as long as you don't get within arm's reach of him you can always outrun him like it's not yeah. really that interesting because like like say if you see him at the end of a hallway I i'll mean, just run away yeah i just thought he was so relentless because i yeah. i enjoyed the fact that he screwed you over there was a point in the game where i needed to go to the library mm. and i knew that that was the only thing i had left yeah that's the bit where he the always library. comes in that bloody yeah. place and when he I jumps down the ladder not. i was just like oh my god yeah I, I did the same thing. I was like, I'll get him upstairs and I'll yeah, do that's what I did. downstairs. And then I he moved jumped the, down. And yeah, I'm like, it was God awful. damn it. And like, <laughs> I, but I loved it so much. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you've, you've made this puzzle that's a mundane puzzle, like this challenge because he is part of the puzzle. Mm. Like, how do you get rid of him? Like, I ended up having to go all around the station to get back to the library. And I ended up then getting wrecked by a liquor that I'd left in one of the corridors. Yeah. And, um, I'd have never gone back to that corridor because that's the thing. Like uh, how I play these games, like I almost write off certain areas where I'm like, I'm I'm done with this area. Like yeah. liquor can stay there. That's yeah. fine. I've, I can see on the map that I've got everything that I need. Yeah. And then suddenly Mr. X made me go back into that area because he drove me into it. And so for me, I thought he was a fantastic element, kind of the heightened AI that he had. Um, mm really enjoyed him i kind of thought the crocodile was a bit of a bit of a shame uh, yeah like when i first played of... it because i was so excited for that moment it's yeah, one of my favorite too. moments in the original game and yeah. when they tease it i was like yes and then yeah. when it happened and you kill him the same way i was like oh that's a cool throwback because he bites yeah. the thing and you shoot it but then i was like oh no that wasn't a boss battle at all it was just a quick no. time but the thing the thing with 
the original that that was a boss battle if you didn't mm. know to drop the the fire well, it is it is a boss battle anyway like well yeah it is. but obviously that is yeah. the key to winning it is that you yeah. need to throw the the thing for him to put in his mouth because um, i know because... i've 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 killed him without that and it yeah you definitely don't it's just ammo. that's yeah. like the key isn't yeah. it? it's like hey here's yeah. how to beat the crocodile yeah. with only one handgun bullet you know yeah, it's, the, it's fantastic it's the yeah. nice little hack um yeah it was a fun throwback but yeah, yeah. i, I kind of wanted that to be more um i think the other areas outside of the police station are a little bit dull as well like i the sewers area i got really sick of i, I thought i was in there way too long um i yeah, like this, the, the, more, the 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 middle sewers... part of the game the sewers definitely dragged. I enjoyed all of the, like the the dog area and the morgue and kind of like the car park area, and I I loved the lab. But I agree, the sewers were too long because you get the big Ada uh, moment in there. You get kind of Leon then having to save Ada, and that seems to take forever when you get in all of those chess pieces. And mm. So yeah, I definitely think it does go on a bit, but. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just happy Resident Evil's back. Like it's like the last two games have been so like knocked out of the park. Like I can't wait to see what this franchise does. It's so back. Yeah, it's really fascinating because like I say, coming off of a they called a game seven that had pretty much nothing to do with the previous six games. And then now they release a game called Resident Evil Two. <laughs> Yeah, like going into this, my weird, crazy Cap idea was like, if I was Capcom and the the success of both these games, I would try and somehow tie them together. I don't know how you do that, but there are probably ways, you know, to try and you know this part of the Resident Evil lore specifically, the Leon and Claire story in Raccoon mm. City, somehow try and tie that to the Baker family in Resident Evil Seven, because then people that have played only the previous two games would actually know. You know what was going on? That'd be my crazy idea for Resident Evil Eight. But other than that, I just don't know what that, what on earth you would do. Three make. Um, that's all I do you, want. Do you think that's what they would do? I mean, it's yeah. difficult because that that's the one that doesn't get the love like of the general kind of yeah. Resident Evil kind of you know community that I hear about. Uh, mm. You know, it's always one, two, four. You know, and kind of like three gets glossed over. But I love three, and I think. Three could be remade fantastic. Um, mm. And imagine having Nemesis like in this sort of quality, you know, given that, given that AI and that, that kind of treatment of Mr. X, like it would, it would be so good, man. Yeah. I mean, so Resident good. Evil three is amazing. That's probably my third favorite still overall, but um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. Like I, I really enjoy this game a lot. Like it's really, really, really good. It's just, it, I, I wasn't expecting to have so many like little things. I was like, Oh, that wasn't, it, like I feel like I'm, I don't know if I'm misremembering the game, like Resident Evil Two, because I could have sworn there was more like outdoors parts of the game. Like I thought that was mm. what I remembered liking was like going around the streets, going to the gun shop. I could have sworn there was like a yeah. Uh, well, that's at the <sighs> beginning, like the opening. The opening's very truncated in this. So with with this, you basically just kind of get from the gas station. The the car explosion happens, and you basically walk around a corner and you're at the police station. Yeah, you basically whereas, have to run as well because there's just yeah, a million zombies. You don't whereas, really get to all that area. Yeah, whereas in kind of the original, you go like through the bus, then you go to the Kendo's gun shop. You have the the scene with him, and you get the shotty, mm. and then kind of then then you eventually get to the police station. So you don't get to the police station for a good chunk of the game. Yeah. And, I love the throwback when they actually gave us the gun shop, though. I, I, that was really yeah. special. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I definitely do have my gripes as well. Um, all the all the interactions with Ada, I didn't enjoy either. I just felt like they they were kind of unnecessary. And again, I don't know if I'm misremembering it, but I was kind of like, these are kind of pointless. Like, I don't really need them. Um, yeah, it's kind of how I remembered them. Like, I don't yeah, know. And, and, and playing as Ada as well with her whole hacking thing, didn't enjoy any of that. Um, yeah, that was odd. 
like like the new things they added gameplay wise because like like you say for leon's one you play as ada and i don't want to say too much but in claire's one they have a similar thing where you're playing as a different character and like that's even worse than the ada stuff um it was just yeah, weird we i was played surprised as, we played as sherry in the original as well oh okay was, right yeah, yeah and it, that that was a rough segment because yeah you can't fight yeah so you know yeah it was it was it's a weird one like, i really really like the game but it was, i think yeah. coming into it i'd seen so many people be like it's the best resident evil and stuff like that and i'm nowhere near thinking yeah, I mean, that like not segment I mean, that's a nut statement to make but oh yeah for sure like I, I love the game a lot and i think it'll be easily one of my favorite games this year but like i don't think it's even in my top five resident evils for now but like i say i'm still early on like i still need to play fourth survivor i definitely want to see the other two stories as well um yeah. and, and resident evil is definitely a franchise that i like is better on a harder difficulty as well yeah um, which is rare because i i don't like playing hard games at all so um i'm looking forward to having that experience because i think i'll enjoy it more you know i think mr x will be more interesting on a harder difficulty yeah, and stuff definitely. so yeah it's great man i can't wait to play it some more um but yeah didn't you see some uh, other movies as well recently yeah i saw a couple of interesting ones that i thought we should uh definitely talk about um one one kind of coming going back to fright fest again like oh. um oh yeah on Netflix, isn't it? yeah so um the night eats the world was kind of mm. this zombie movie that that I was quite interested in going into fright fest. Um, I remember kind of just seeing the poster and that imagery of Paris and just kind of thinking like, this sounds like a sequel to 28 weeks later. Like, you know, like <laughs> it ended up in Paris there and now I'm getting my Paris zombie movie and kind of, um, yeah, unfortunately not being able to catch it. And, mm. but now it's on Netflix and I've kind of checked it out now. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like, it's it's not the the big kind of Paris uh, zombie movie that I wanted, um, but what it gave me was was super cool. It's kind of um, basically like a guy wakes up after a party and finds out that zomb- uh, Paris has been completely invaded by zombies, and he's basically slept through the end of the world, and everyone is now a zombie, and kind of the the Part, like the party was in this block of apartments and he manages to basically secure the block of apartments mm. and then you get basically like the original dawn of the dead but but just one guy just kind of how he just lives his life and he kind of starts to create music and messes interacts with zombies and scavenging for supplies and it's his what this one man's journey into kind of you know just going kind of insane because he's just stuck on his own and it's really well acted and really interesting and it's kind of you know it's not a, it's not a crazy fresh take on a zombie movie but but it's pretty you know it is pretty fresh and it's and it's just really interesting to see the zombie stuff is still good and um my only gripe with it really is that it it, it did end a bit abrupt and kind mm-hmm. of I, I did want a bit more finality with the ending um but other than that it was really enjoyable and kind of Definitely, you know, it, it lived up to what I wanted it to be, which was just a, a super cool, fun zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth watching. Yeah, it sounds cool. Like, I'm glad they obviously put it on Netflix uh, mm. recently because, yeah, it was one of those ones that was definitely on our radar for Fright Fest and kind of checking for when it was out. And then it just kind of disappeared, didn't it, for a while and then just eventually mm. snuck on there. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we, we at least checked it out at some point. Definitely. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm now going to go back to uh, 1989. Ooh. And, uh, Talk about the intruder. The intruder. Uh, yeah, or just intruder. 
Um, so this this movie, I bet forty of, different movies. Would, I'm pretty sure we covered a movie yeah, <laughs> for I'm, the I'm show sure. called Intruder. We watched the Intruder, not Intruder. Um, Did we watch Intruders or something? I don't know. The, this is the original. Mm. <laughs> but um, I bet it's not. I bet I there's bet a movie not. called yeah, that before 1989. <laughs> but um, oh, this this movie is proper charming and really funny and has some crazy over the top gore. Um, it's basically um, so we've obviously talked a lot about Arrow and their distribution. There's been this collection that I've seen in HMV called the Slasher Co- Collection, uh, Slasher Classics, and kind of so I've picked up a couple of those, and this was the first one I've watched. And my God, like I can't wait to watch more of them. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a really good one. It, it basically is kind of this overnight stock crew of a supermarket um, get attacked by a serial killer. Um, so they nice. kind of, the, the, one of the girls on checkout is, um, has like an ex-boyfriend comes in and gets over aggressive and fights with a load of the, um, crew. So and is it like a 24 of, hour open he, supermarket? It, no, no. So they, they're closed overnight. So he was like the last customer of the night oh, and okay. lock the doors and now they're just stocking shelves. Right. So that makes it kind of fun because it, it then has, you know, they got the young teens. Some of them are just having parties. Some of them, you know, not parties, but, you know, they're drinking beer and listening to music, but also kind of working. There's kind of like this hilarious, like, butcher guy that's just, like, chopping up meat whilst drinking beer and listening to music and kind of just <laughs> like this, you know, fun take on this overnight stocking. And then um, it took quite a while for the slasher to kick in. Um, I was getting a little bit, like running on a little bit i want i need to get see, need to see someone get murdered but suddenly because there's quite a lot of characters in this movie the body count just just jumps like you literally get a death every couple of minutes and it has some real good ones there's one in particular which is one of the most outrageous death scenes i've ever seen hmm. um and yeah just some real clever funny ones um you know the movie is played quite tongue-in-cheek and yeah thoroughly enjoyed it um and and it has a little cameo from uh, Bruce Campbell. So nice. What more do you want in a movie? Can't believe I you want... didn't lead with that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a very little cameo, but it's it's, <laughs> it's fine. That's all I need. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, watch to the end, guys. Watch to the mm. end. But yeah, it was a good one. Nice. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I love that idea. Like, yeah, yeah. O- overnights in shops, I always think's great. Whether it's an, a twenty four hour thing or if it's like a night crew mm. thing, I think that's always so cool. So definitely, yeah. I'll have to see that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was this week's show. Um, next Jump week, we, we are back in the cinema. Hell yeah. For Escape Room. Um, yeah, interesting one. Like, I haven't I haven't really seen too much about this in regards to the trailer or anything. It was kind of a, one that was put on my radar recently, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, seems to have got fairly good sort of reception, so it's always a good sign. Um, yeah it's difficult to know kind of with this one like I, I saw the trailer and definitely love the premise wasn't sure about the execution within the trailer but mm. fingers crossed you know sony's got yeah. to get one out the park eventually right oh god why is sorry. it i keep sorry why is it sorry? <laughs> we need sorry to stop banning sony horror movies because it's just not <laughs> worth it hey, um, they're gonna bring it back with this one it's fine they're always in the bloody cinema as well like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right but yeah this week we talked about one cut of the dead uh which is absolutely fantastic Hell um, yeah. yeah that was episode 130 uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and through my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't mainly because i never could how could i start that